This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are we recording? Okay, we're recording. Okay, so I am here with Caroline Calloway, and I feel like she needs no introduction. However, I'm going to let her introduce herself in her own words if she wants. <laughs> Because I like to let people say what they are without me saying what they are. What so. if I was just like, Google me, it's all true. <laughs> well, then, I mean, the truth is people would find very, very disparate things because I find the, the most fascinating thing about you, and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show, is that you, people have the most extreme opinions about you one way or the other. And as you said, if you Google, you're, you're liable to find someone who loves you and thinks you're the greatest thing under the sun and someone who hates you and thinks you're the worst thing under the sun. So I just want to talk to you about like what that is like to experience and to keep experiencing because you live in a very public forum. But I'm already getting it too ahead of yourself. Please tell us who you are. Um, my name is Caroline Calloway. I'm confused about this microphone. And if oh. I can sit here, yeah, I need to be closer. There you go. Okay, cool. I'm glad I asked. Yeah. Um, I'm Caroline Calloway. I'm no longer confused about the mic situation. Great. And I'm I'm a writer and art historian, a very bad one, and a very good artist. And uh, the media that I make art in are uh, paintings and uh, writing and digital storytelling, uh, Instagram stories and Instagram captions. I think of that as art that I make. That's, yeah. I mean, we, we were talking just before we started Caitlin Flanagan's article about you. And I love her. I think she's the best no matter what she writes. And I loved her article about you. And she kind of talked a little bit about how Instagram in the right hands is kind of like a living piece of creative nonfiction, which I know you have a background in. And we talked a little bit about that piece, but that sort of, I hadn't really thought of it like that. And I'm newer to discovering you because my the genesis of me being interested in you was so many people around me were talking about you. And then I started to look and read about you and look at your page. And it is, I find it to be actually pretty different than what most people might call like an influencer. Yeah. And I think that that's what you get labeled as an influencer and you kind of like get lumped into with a bunch of other people. And when I think of influencer, I think of like, somebody on a 
beach somewhere like trying to sell me like a, a face cream or something and you don't do that and yours you use instagram in a very sort of different way but i think a way that people sort of look to as like a new potential creative outlet is that right yeah i actually i've never done an ad on my instagram grid like i've never sold a permanent post oh, that's cool and i've only done one ad ever in my stories it was for this animated series by the producers of BoJack Horseman that I just, I really love. I felt like it was accepting an ad for promoting other people's art, yeah, um, which I felt morally very okay with. But if I can avoid it in the future and still keep the lights on and mm -hmm. pay rent, I yeah. will never do an ad again because I just, I, it's so hard to get people to take my Instagram seriously as art, honestly. Sure. Like people just don't want to see it that way. Yeah. And I feel like my, not only is it uh, my best path forward for getting people to take it seriously, right. is not running ads, but yeah. also I'm really fascinated to see how the value of having a totally ad-free account on Instagram right. will appreciate in value. Because like even actresses and models do ads all the time. And I really, I really have a good feeling about um, how increasingly special the fact that I don't run ads will be in the coming years. And I'm excited to explore that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely rare. It definitely stands out. Because the one thing I think you want to... We have all these Perriers here. And we have Pellegrinos. We have whatever kind of sparkling beverage you want. Yeah, I would describe it as an abundance of Perrier. It is an abundance of Perrier. Yeah, at Perrier, you yeah, should definitely please, sponsor this podcast. Please, listen to Caroline. You haven't been listening to me for all of this time that I've been trying to get sponsored by you. Listen to Caroline. She says, sponsor me. Perrier, sponsor me. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, the ads thing, the, I think for me when I'm, because I'm on Instagram, I'm, I'm on Instagram a lot. I see a lot of people on there and Anytime I see someone who does a lot of ads, I just think, aren't people, aren't I being like sold enough shit? Like this is a place where I just like, if I'm on here, I just want to see what people are up to and what they're doing and what they're saying. I don't like give a shit and I don't want to follow someone anymore if there's like, there's like a McDonald's ad or something and like it's someone super cool like eating a fucking Big Mac. You, you know? know, I actually really disagree with you. Yes. I, I think that's so... As a creative person, that's a crazy opinion to have, to be so entitled to artists' creativity that you should receive that content for free and they shouldn't be able to monetize it. Just because I'm really excited to explore um, sort of the frontiers of what a demonetized account looks like. I think, you know, you would never work for free as a director. No, I wouldn't. Exactly. Although I have. I wouldn't do it again. I know. I learned I know. the hard way. No, but I'm not <laughs> saying so, ads like, on the site don't bother me. But when I'm following someone who like... That's who, what I'm saying. Yeah. That creator yeah. is giving you so much value for free all the time. It's totally... I just disagree. And I think it's totally... I think you should be able to... Your annoyance is valid, but um, also valid is their need to make money and pay bills and to be compensated for all the creative content they provide you for free for sure and that's a good segue into something else i want to talk about which is the sort of like fusion of person and brand and and a, a means of making a living because i think a lot of people and i think people especially older than me boomers in particular they look at younger people and the way they use social media and they think it's like oversharing or something like that 
But I think that there's this thing that they haven't really been exposed to where there's this idea of like personal branding almost, regardless of whether you're selling ads or not. Because a lot of people do it even if they can't sell ads. They don't have enough followers, whatever the fuck. But I think that there's this like younger person's mentality of like, I'm not just a person. What I am is I'm, I'm, I'm me, but I'm, I'm also like a version of me, a curated version of me that I'm putting out there that I'm, it's not that you're necessarily against selling yourself as it, but it's, it's, it's like all folded into one thing, you know, and, and you do it in a way that I think you would say is like, it is, a, um, it is the art the the whole fee, the whole grid or whatever it is, it is art, but I don't, I think there's like a disconnect with it, with an older generation. And I'm wondering because you've been on Instagram. How long have you been on Instagram? Seven years. Okay. Have you seen, because you've been on it so much, is there like a, when did that start to become so much more popular than, because I feel like that really started with Instagram before that with like Twitter and Facebook, that wasn't as yeah. much what it is. Yeah. You never, no one ever had a personal brand on right. Facebook. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So how, yeah, how, how did you, did you start using it as that or did you discover that? Or like, when did that start to become something you folded in? I would say it, it's, it's funny that you bring this up because I think about this a lot. Um, the fact that like now everyone is telling the story of their life on yeah. Instagram and sort of the narrative of their identity yeah. and who they are. And when Instagram was first started, I don't know when you got the app, but in the early days of Instagram, it was really like a curated gallery mm. where you allow other people to see the world through your lens. Yeah, right. You yeah. know, like a, a, an autumn leaf on the sidewalk or, yeah. um, you know, a cappuccino with a cappuccino art with like a white border yeah, yeah, around the photo. Like sure. That was the digital climate of Instagram in the beginning. And I think I was really, I know I was one of the first people to really understand the potential of Instagram for so many things that we take for granted today. It's potential for ads, the potential for buying followers and leveraging that into more real followers. Um, the way I built my brand was I bought 20,000 followers and then I bought ads before ads were even a thing on Instagram. Um, like I literally, the messaging uh, tool inside the app didn't even exist yet. So I would have to like comment on these accounts, photos being like, do you have an email address I could right, right. contact you at? And I bought them so cheaply. I would buy them in packs of 10 um, for $5 an ad wow. with accounts that had hundreds of thousands of followers. And I was able to build that 20,000 up to uh, 500,000 in maybe two years. Wow. Um, while still getting a degree at Cambridge. Uh, so like that wasn't even my, I wasn't even working on that full time. Right, I was yeah. a full time student. Right, right, right. Um, and also like trying to, you know, fall in love and have fun and becoming increasingly addicted to Adderall all the while. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I also, in addition to seeing the potential for ads and leveraging fake followers into real followers, I also saw the potential for, uh, making Instagram like the story of who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I don't remember the question at all. I don't yeah, know. Me what neither. I'm I don't just know listening. what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. I all. mean, what, what that, what I want also to talk to you about is 
the per, the Natalie who used to work with mm-hmm. the article that she wrote that was around the time where I started to become aware of you and and the general sense that I had was that people were were angry at you and I didn't know what that even really meant and I was like what the fuck is everybody so mad about and then I read it and I was like what the fuck is everybody so mad about even though it seemed to be clearly she's like coming from a place of negativity I still didn't understand what the problem what the problem really was I mean you had basically like hired her and she just seemed angry about herself I don't want to put words in your mouth or anyone's mouth but my take on it was like she's just upset about a thing that she she kind of did you know and then yeah so I don't know what you have to say about that but it's it was there like a it seemed to like ignite a certain narrative around you that I was starting to hear about that I don't agree with and I'm curious as to did you know that was coming and when it came was it like who the fuck cares because you're amazing at like brushing shit off is something that I've definitely noticed from your feet it's like you'll like post something from someone who's like calling you something and you'll like laugh about it or whatever and the attitude that you have about it is incredible and I'm curious as to how that if at all has like shifted things for you in any way or like was that what was that experience for you having her do that so many questions there's a lot this, yeah. yeah this is a lot to unpack here yeah do do your thing um so much stuff uh well one i think i think a common thread that i'm seeing in your questions is this really um and people people do this all the time um they just sort of it's very zoomed in um concerns like concerns about how I handle uh, the pressure of people watching, about how I handle the pressure of people thinking I'm something I'm not, the pressure of Natalie um, making a story out of like nothing. It really, none of that even matters because the big picture is that Natalie did the right thing by making the most exciting story possible and I've done the right thing sort of surfing the different waves of news that have hit me over the past nine months. I mean, we're, we're literally here because of how she and I have been able to um, manipulate our own stories. Mm. And Natalie's piece is so smart in the way that it really um, leapfrogs from outraging detail to outraging detail just Mm. things that we love to hate in our culture like me asking her to take photos from Mm. my instagram we don't see those actions as a young woman building a business we see them as evidence of vapidity Mm -hmm. or frivolousness or just you know um but it so obviously is i mean it seems at least to me it's not obvious to everyone why why do you think that is though is it like i feel like that's a disconnect for me, actually. Like, I am I see someone doing what you're doing, and I think it's like a brand thing. And that's that's especially the more followers you get, the more you time you put into what you're doing, the more you're going to care about it. And because it involves taking pictures, you're going to fucking take pictures. It's like part of it. Well, you know I love mean? that you see it that way, but I don't think most people do. No, I agree, yeah. Most people, um, if you... I remember just being so ashamed at Cambridge when I was surrounded by all these geniuses who had probably, you know, like 
go on to win Nobel Prizes <laughs> in a variety of subjects at just being so deeply ashamed that like they would be typing away at some brilliant thing in the library and I would be working just as hard on an Instagram caption right. that I'd spent the last two months perfecting to post it and just feeling the deepest burden of shame of being like, I've spent two months on this Instagram mm -hmm. caption and no one thinks that's a worthwhile investment of my time. And it was really hard to sort of like protect the flame of my own ambition, mm. creativity, and just sort of like artistic interest because I found it really rewarding to uh, make digital art. And yeah, I, I do so appreciate that you see it that way, but I, I don't think we should lose sight of how rare your attitude towards this is because everyone, it just influencer versus the word writer. Yeah. The connotations that we have for those two professions are so vastly different. Like when you're like, introduce yourself, I could have said influencer, but I didn't because I didn't want people to fucking yeah. hate me. <laughs> it's true. There is this supremely negative connotation, which I find odd because influencers, by definition of the word that they use to describe themselves, it's people give a shit about what they're doing. And that's why they're called influence. You Hon know what I mean? Honestly, the reason this is the way it is, is a pattern that has repeated itself over and over again throughout the history of art whenever a new technology is introduced as a mode for creative expression it's always denounced as new technology as science everything from you know synthetic paint colors mm -hmm. to photography is a perfect example because it also introduced this element of democratization mm -hmm. of the artistic process yeah. you know to render something in three-dimensional space and paint, you mm. need to go to school. But to render the same object in three-dimensional space and film, all you need to do is buy a camera. Yeah. And the criticisms that were lobbed at the earliest photographers were that, you know, you have no training. Mm -hmm. Anyone can get a yeah. camera. This is technology. This is not true art. And now every major museum in the world has a photography collection. And coupled yeah. with that... Um, overarching pattern of human history to sort of see the, the forefront of our newest technological creative advancements as not being part of the true artistic yeah, canon. Yeah. On top of that, there is the pattern of really discounting again and again and again any artistic media that are the purview of young girls. And this extends mm. to artistic media that are the purview of people of color as well. But um, specifically within the context of young white girls, there's, you know, scrapbooking in Victorian England. Young girls were making so much art, mm. uh, especially, I mean, more art than, than people who worked full-time as painters because, like, yeah. these Victorian girls, like, were just sitting around waiting to be married. Embroidery <laughs> right. is another example. Right, right, yeah. um, uh, these sort of things that are made by young girls are just not there no major music every major museum in the world does not have a scrapbook collection yeah. or an embroidery collection and the fact that things like tumblr and instagram have really been the purview of young girls expressing themselves coupled with the fact that we are always skeptical of new technology being um you know art of merit mm -hmm. it really 
it really doesn't make it seem that mysterious to me why we don't take Instagram seriously. Sure, yeah. I mean, I think also it just sort of there's like a bandwagony element to me when I hear people. It's it's almost like grown worthy how much people. It's on the tip of people's tongues how much they want to say how much they they hate like the influencer thing and like they don't want to be around influencers they don't want to follow them but it's like i just don't what i am disconnected from in that realm is like i don't know why they care so much to be angry about it because the worst case for me it's like that's fucking annoying i'm not gonna look at it but it's like this it's like this vitriolic thing where people will and it might be, I mean, you tell me, it might be because it's like you can interact with the influencer and you can comment and write to them. And there's this feeling that they're right there to be anonymously shitty to. And I mean, I deal with that to a degree, but I feel like, I mean, you post about it, which is one of my favorite things about your Instagram is that you will post someone doing something shitty about you and you're attitude about it is amazing but like i can't imagine that that's the attitude most people have and i feel like there's no from the person doing the attacking right like if they're going to be shitty to you or someone else online or to me whoever there's this unbelievable quality that i can't get over is how how ready people are to be shitty online and how not ready they are to be shitty in person and it's like it's like the influencer is almost there to be ridiculed because you're never going to see them in person and you can comment on their page how much you fucking hate them. You know what I mean? How are you so good at dealing with that? Well, I think, honestly, um, I learned that skill very slowly Uh, and steadily over six years and then I had to learn that skill um, very quickly and very thoroughly in January um, right. when I went viral as a scam. Yeah. And I, something I've learned about fame is that as your name recognition increases, the barrier to entry of what you have to do to be written about lowers mm-hmm. every time. And so, you know, Natalie's article never would have had the same momentum if I hadn't gone viral in January. And the next thing that happens to me will have momentum. Yeah. It, the the barrier for entry of like what that thing has to be or how much of a mistake I have to make, as I definitely will, <laughs> um, how big that mistake has to be for it to be news is yeah. lower and lower and lower. And like right now, it's so crazy. I'm in the news like every two days. Yeah. It's weird. Do you see that shit? Like, is that something that's in front of your face? You know, I, I Google myself because it doesn't bother me as much, but I don't have Google news alerts yeah. on because I want to be able to have control of when I'm reminded about it. Like, I want to check yeah, yeah, in yeah. on it in places where it's like, you know, just killing it in business, feel pretty invincible, yeah, check yeah, the yeah, news. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's a perfect time to do it. Not in like a moment where I feel a little lonely or, or lost. Yeah, I um, mean, that's incredible. I go so far the other way i don't want to know i don't want to know what anybody is saying about me it makes me think about me in a way that i used to be like that Do you know what i mean i used to be so scared of what other people were saying about me and you know it really i don't know if there's any other way to 
learn how to be a I would never wish going viral as a scam on anyone. Yeah. It honestly like scrambled my nervous system yeah. for about two months. Like I really, it, I was like an animal from the shelter in the sense that I like didn't want to be touched. Like yeah. I would text a friend and they wouldn't text me back for two hours. And then uh, normally that stuff wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't even register to me because I'd be living my life. But for the first two months after that, my brain lived in a place where everything was so personal and everything was a possible sign that that the people who did know me from me maybe they didn't like me either right. and I was so scared of that um but going i mean there's not much in this digital era they're not like worse things that can happen for a public shaming than being accused of something that you didn't do yeah and it's sort of like making a murderer that <sighs> line where he's like you know you can you have control over whether or not you commit a murder mm -hmm. but in this country you don't have control over whether or not someone accuses right. you yeah, of yeah, I remember committing that a murder yeah, yeah um and like you know i threw some events that were quirky af to put it in internet lingo that's quirky I, as fuck for those of you who yeah, know for, internet lingo exactly for all of you who are so lost on the internet that <laughs> yeah. you, you're listening to this podcast but you don't understand yeah it. yeah you know what a podcast <laughs> is and you know how to click on them and listen yeah. to them, but you don't who know. are you who are you? Well, tell us your story right to <laughs> yeah us. that's something that's feedback i'll read actually yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um but um but events oh yeah, yeah. the events yeah, it's so fucked. It's so fucked up that I threw a niche event for a niche community, and everyone who went fucking loved it. But because Twitter found it so laughable, that you know it's not journalistic malpractice in this day and age to cite a Twitter thread as a source. That shit creeps me out. I fucking is hate wild. That. And you know everyone's. It's all well and good that everyone's walking back those claims now mm. and. I appreciate that for sure. sure, but like no one can give me back those two months yeah. when I lived in a panic. Yeah, and that that panic to overcome it. I mean, I started antidepressants. I got a really good New York City therapist, um, just like the best that money can buy yeah, in the New sure. York City therapy industry. I would possibly the therapy capital of the world. I think so. Yeah. Uh, when you think therapy, you think New York. New York. Yeah, you think like neurotic yep. New Yorkers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think of Woody Allen, actually, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, there's someone who deserves to be canceled. Yeah, he needs to be in therapy for sure. Yeah. yeah even though his movies talk about it, he needs extra therapy. Yeah. But, um, but, yeah, so I really, I, I, do, I want to be careful not to present going viral as a scam as something that people should go through or being yeah. publicly shamed or being canceled as something that's helpful or an event that necessarily changes you because – it will change you. It will make you really scared um, for like in sort of a permanent way yeah. where you wake up and you're just afraid. But um, but if you sort of like any big life change, if you really, really throw yourself into uh, just sitting with all the discomfort mm -hmm. and um, – whatever it kicks up for you and really using it as a chance to learn about yourself and make peace with the parts of yourself that are heaping so much shame on you. Um, for me, I really had to examine how much I cared right. 
what people thought of yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And like, I really, I used to, I used to even just like, when I'd start reading a bad comment, like I would just like my heart would sink with the first few words, but like I'd read the rest of it. Yeah, and like, yeah. I'd just be worried if something bad was going to happen that someone was saying about me, and I had to. I, I'm not saying this is the same for you because everyone's mind is wired so differently. But for me, I really realized that the reason I was so scared of that was because I was really scared that I wasn't a good person. Mm. And I think I hadn't really um, internalized the belief that I was good. I think I'd really struggled because I am so ambitious and mm. I want money and I want shit and I wouldn't steal it. I wouldn't I want pull shit in. Yeah. yeah. But uh, something that's tough is that, like, female ambition is really vilified. Yeah. And and it's not okay as a young girl to want too much stuff or else people won't want you. Mm. And when I was building that online persona, you know, like, when I sold my book to publishers the first time around, like, Natalie and I made the choice to make that character we didn't even use the word Instagram once mm. in no, 100 pages of a book proposal. That girl did not have an online brand and did not have a mind for business and did not. She wasn't even writing a book. Yeah. That girl had no career goals. Right. She right. just went to balls and had boyfriends. Right. And we made those choices because we knew that's that character is what would get us the big check. Mm. And we really had to sacrifice at a certain point whether or not we wanted to tell the truth or get paid. And we chose to tell the truth, but we lied by omission and we got paid. And it's just such it. Yeah, I just had really spent a long time sort of seeing my ambition and being really scared of it. And then being labeled something like a scammer, yeah. which really of all the words like it's a uniquely. Yeah, it's, it's a, a weird thing to be. Yeah. Um, hungry word. Yeah, yeah. And it was really right, hurtful yeah. for me because there is a real hunger that I have. Right. And, you know, when you Google my name, Taylor Swift is the first name that comes up. I'm very proud of that. Oh, I'm fucking jealous. I'm, you should be. She's I'm amazing. Yeah. Um, but the next two names are Anna Delvey and Elizabeth Holmes. Holy shit. Both women who have stolen millions of dollars, yeah. endangered people's lives, are either l in literal prison yeah. or awaiting trial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, I've never stolen a single dollar from anyone. Yeah. I've never hurt anyone. I think I'm a really good person, but I'm really hungry and I really want shit. And it was so painful for the place where, like, I get my information from the news. Yeah. I never thought the news would be wrong, like maybe right. Fox News, but right. like, not every news platform in the world at once. Yeah. And it was so destabilizing in terms of like my self-worth and identity to have the actual, a real headline is Carolyn Calloway is not a scammer. She's just a self-obsessed mess. Like, and that was one of the better headlines because right, right, they right, weren't right. calling me a scammer. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. that was the, that was my yeah. best case scenario yeah, yeah, for yeah. a little while. And, yeah, and to get through that, I really had to reach um, and really work for, um, work through all the pain and what it meant. Yeah. But I really, it helped me realize that, like, yeah, I am really hungry and I do want shit. And yeah. I think just admitting the truth of the things that had kept me from thinking I was good and making, not trying to bury them or deny them, but just making peace with them and being like, yeah, 
yeah, that that part is sort yeah. of true, you know. Yeah. But and it's true that people call me a scammer and just like sort of staring straight into the sun of reality. Yeah, just being like, well, all those things are true, and avoiding thoughts about them aren't going to make that any less true. Right. Yeah. I mean, the scammer thing. It's interesting to hear it that way because it's definitely like an extreme. I mean, borderline sometimes definitely criminal version of being ambitious and wanting things, a scammer. Like that's just the, the going too far version of the good qualities that you're talking about, you know? And I think that it's sort of a confluence of, of reasons for my, to my eye about why that sort of snowballed. Again, I think someone like you is such an easy target and a, and a, and a desired target because it's the low hanging fruit. Again, everybody wants to, say you being a, a young woman and what pe other people would call an influencer you don't call yourself one and neither do i but i just feel like it was a confluence of events where it seemed like such a runaway train and when i would look at comments again you brought up something that drives me fucking nuts which is like our news sources citing users on twitter as if just them shouting it into the void but if that's what if that's your news source, you can literally find anyone saying anything about anything. You just need to find the, the fucking crazy person that's saying it. You know yeah. what I mean? So if I want to find someone talking shit about you, I can. If I want to find someone saying you're the greatest person ever, I can. And if I'm just going to go on Twitter to look at random people and what they think, I'm going to be able to find that, you know. But <clears throat> I just think that that when I would look at the comments about you, especially during that time, all I would end up thinking, it, I wouldn't even end up thinking about you. I would just end up thinking, why the fuck is everyone so angry? Do you know what I mean? Well, I'm glad you thought that, but that's not, ah, oh, there's just, you know, people just hate influencers. Like, it's such a failing of language that we don't have a word or a f turn of phrase to describe the experience of, like, scrolling through our phones and yeah. just feeling sad and quietly alone in our lives and all that jealousy and rage and um sadness it it needs to go somewhere and mm. sort of like le leaving terrible comments or just generally shitting on influencers even with your friends mm -hmm. or just yeah. hating them i think it's just sort of or just clicking on a story like mine or any of the influencers who are like canceled for whatever reason yeah. It's just sort of like a collective bloodletting yeah. for that feeling. Yeah, yeah. It's a good way to put it. Collective bloodletting. That should be the title of something. That'll be the title of this episode, actually. That's good. No, I love that. Um, okay, so now I want to talk about your fans. Yes. Who are they? They're mainly girls in New York and London, with ah. LA as third. Um, yeah, I, you know... It's funny because I think I don't really consider my followers fans. Mm. I consider them more readers. And, you know, when I was building my account and buying those ads, something that I did that was very smart was since I didn't just want more followers, um, I wanted more readers. Mm -hmm. So I targeted fandoms of books, like especially serialized stories. Right, since yeah. I was telling a story about my life that was serialized in post right yeah so like the hunger games divergent was really big harry potter was perfect for me mm. with 
all the Cambridge stuff. And you're a wizard as well. Yeah, and well, yeah. a witch. Oh, let's, sure, yeah. let's use the oh, correct lingo. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, didn't mean to do that. Um, but um, but yeah, and so I really think of my fault. Sometimes I call them. You know, sometimes I do call myself an influencer. I'm really not picky about the language, and sometimes I call my readers followers, or sometimes even fans. Mm-hmm. I just don't really. I've just sort of surrendered to the, you know, yeah. the lack of language for yeah. better terms. And just, those are the words we have. So I use them. <laughs> but I think of them not really as like fans at a pop concert, but the relationship that a writer has with the, maybe the readers of their weekly column. Right. Yeah. Know? Yeah. 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 That's so. Okay. <clears throat> I feel like you didn't ask a question and i just gave an answer which was great i feel like you should do about all questions i know i feel like i'm i feel like i'm taking an art history exam at cambridge where i just didn't understand the question i'd be like let me talk about something i would like to talk about." you know what (laughs) every time i ask you a question i i want you to just talk about whatever whatever you want to talk about okay cool you know amazing yeah that's good uh so i also we're in la that means you're also in la even though you don't live in LA. No. And why are you in LA? Oh, oh, are you like teeing me up for uh to talk about movie and film stuff? Well now we've established you can talk about whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. But but yeah, I, I wanna I want to ask you questions about that. Yeah. But I don't want to jump right in because people won't know what the fuck I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead. Yeah. So I'm in LA because I am selling um my life rights, but pop but probably a piece of intellectual property that hasn't to be totally fucking honest with you, I'm going to sell a piece of intellectual property. But to get meetings with the really high-level mm-hmm. producers and studios and actresses, um, people aren't interested in a piece of IP that does intellectual property. I've learned the LA lingo. Yep. Um, a piece of IP. IP. That, that doesn't exist yet. Mm-hmm. And I'm, as, I'm smart enough to understand that. And I also could sell my life rights, and I'm not fully opposed to it. Um, but my plan right now is to this next coming week. I have ten days in New York during which I'm going to produce. I'm going to take my book proposal that Natalie and I worked on, and I'm going to sort of strip it for parts. Um, we we wrote fifty fifty of it, mm. and I'm going to take the lines that I wrote um, because a lot of it's true, and I'm going to fix the lines that she wrote. Not fix them because they're bad. They're amazing. I will probably all worsen them by changing them because it's just so fucking perfect as it is. But I don't want to use her words. And I'm a capable writer. And I'm going to add in all the bad stuff. And I am honestly don't really fucking care where this thing gets published because it just – I don't even care how much they pay me because the yeah. whole point of writing this piece will be to uh, tightly hold the reins of my own narrative for – uh, the screen adaptation that's coming and that it's so crazy. The first thing we talked about when we can't even tell you this story in full detail. <laughs> the first thing I said after I got out of my lift after I was like, where the fuck yeah, am I? Where the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. They're we'll literally us. sewing sweatshirts yes. next door to us. Yes, yes, yes. Here, right here when Caroline came. If anyone tries to tell you this is a very I got a call fancy podcast from your right? well the room is the room looks fucking okay, what the there's what you're seeing looks fucking great yeah when we were I got a call from your manager I believe your manager's assistant mm-hmm. and oh. sh- and 
she was like, Caroline's there outside. And I was like, fuck, I wanted to be here when you got here. Cause I realized, especially if you're not from LA and don't yeah. know LA really well, <laughs> I was like, Where you're liable to think <laughs> the area that we're in, just like the general area that we are in, which is called Frogtown, which is a great area, but like, it doesn't exactly look like it. And I thought you would be like, I'm going to get the fuck out of here because you're like, yeah, you're I don't set know if you've read murdered. the news, but I'm very elitist. So yeah, I was well, like, I can't be here. <laughs> yeah. And you're valuable too. I mean, if I wanted to like kidnap you, it'd be a good place to get stuff you into like a home somewhere. Or yeah. A car no, to, be, van. to be fair, this is like the Narnia of podcast studios. You yeah, just like yeah. push back the sweatshirts yep. in the wardrobe and then suddenly you're in a, a wonderland look, yeah, of now we're here. tech tripods and microphones and yeah. headphones and people at laptops who like they're just they're, like there's busy. three people <laughs> at laptops here and i don't understand why we're, this many people. we are <laughs> this is how i'm just a really 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 professional person in a professional space and you're here also a very professional person we're just very very professional here the, the, we, i paid them all to be here actually they're, yeah they're, they're not like doing they're shit. hired extras like, take your prop Pretend you're fucking writing. <laughs> I want Caroline to think I'm, I'm like go over to like read what they're writing. It's just like H just, typed over and over just, again. Just scribbling yeah, drawings. Exactly. Yeah. Just doodles. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, right after that happened, when I got out of my car, thank God one of us remembers what we we're talking about. Yeah, I go. was like, you will not believe who I just met. This is so yes. crazy. Yeah. And I feel like before you judge me for being like very L.A. about it, I cannot emphasize enough to you how much this is deviating from true L.A. culture, mm. which is like mentioning famous people yeah. and being unfazed by them. I am so phased by this. <laughs> I am I am just – my truth is that I'm very um, struck by this whole experience. And I'm very ambitious and excited to adjust to this new reality, but I'm still really enjoying being starstruck by it, you know? So, I mean, I would be excited if somebody was going to ever depict me in something, uh-huh. I would be fucking so happy. I know. Well, this is what I've always wanted, truly. To have someone be you where you can just sit back and watch somebody else be you? No, oh, no, okay. no, no, no. Because that's not, that's what I want. That's why I'm asking you. Oh, that, my God. I just want to sit down and watch <laughs> someone else be Matt. And I can just be somewhere else. Oh my gosh, you sound depressed. That's, I'm not gonna, well, I'm not gonna lie to you. I talked to my that, fucking doctor because yeah, I am. Yeah, I, I yeah. felt that way, and I was very depressed. Yeah, no, when I I'm, felt that I'm, way. I, see, and, I don't go up and down. I just stay depressed. Yeah, you, my my dream when I was really in my depression was that I wished that time itself would stop and yes. I could just be in my apartment for for a couple months, yes. maybe, and just like go back to my life after time itself stopped and I could just have days and nights to myself. Are you too young to remember that show where that girl would go like this and time would stop and I'm like her, her, she talked to, I mean, it's 27. If you don't know it, what, Hey, Hey, what's the name of that fucking show? The, where the girl would go like this and stop time. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah he's going to find out. Uh, he's but, touching his, the tips of his two fingers see, together. This is what, hap- the... what would happen. She would go like this. Uh-huh. And then everyone he's was touching his two fingers together again for everyone yeah. listening to this. Yeah. In their no, ears. She, they could see us. Oh, what? oh, there's going to be a video as well. What is it? Out of this world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They go like this and then everyone stops and then she can do whatever the fuck she wants. Uh, I would love that. That's what we want. Yeah, yeah. yeah that would Somebody be figure that out for us. But I don't feel that way anymore. I'm really excited to be living my life. So, I mean, I would 
you know. Yeah. I hope you're in therapy. <laughs> oh, I am. I've been in therapy. <laughs> Me too. Not in New York City I, therapy. Like, maybe you should look look into it. I, I used to live in New York. Done. I'll move back to New York to start doing therapy just because I need it so bad. I need the New York therapists. They're honestly so fucking good. I was in therapy for two years before I found my therapist. It didn't really... I mean, obviously, I'm still alive, so I you guess are, yeah. It did help, and it got me here, but but it didn't help as much as Philip is helping me. Philip is like Philip's the creme the de la creme. Okay, of, so you had shitty therapists, not shitty, but not for you. Yeah, they just weren't for me. Yeah, I yeah. think. Yeah, I love how you self-corrected on that because I think no one really talks about how hard it is to find a therapist yeah. you like, and it's so hard when it doesn't work out, and you just like it's awkward. It's so awkward, yeah. and like you feel like. I kept going because I just like didn't know it could be better and it wasn't that bad. Yeah, right. Was, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I got lucky. The The very first therapist I ever went to, she is still my therapist. Wow. Yeah. But everyone I know is like, what? That's amazing. Plus a lot of people like change after a few years. And I'm like, I, I don't want to do that. Also, this person knows me so I don't want to fucking start over, you know? I feel like I'm a really heavy mouth breather. <laughs> is a heavy that, mouth breather? Is that a problem for you? No. Okay, I don't even cool. think it's true, though. I I've, I was suddenly very self-conscious. No. I haven't heard one mouth breath from you. Okay, amazing. Yeah. That's, that's That was my goal. I've been holding my breath this whole time. <laughs> wow. You are fucking impressive. You can make money off of that for yeah. sure. Michael Phelps, eat your heart yeah, out. Yeah, change career paths for yeah. sure. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about the corduroy thing that you're wearing? Because I love corduroy. I, I only love corduroy too. wear corduroy pants. Okay. And I get made fun of for it fucking endlessly. And it's bullshit. Talk about a personal brand though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So tell me about that rad thing that you're wearing right now. So I'm wearing a matching pant and um, jacket corduroy suit. And That's it's so cool. it's all blue. It's honestly so cool. I was going to tell you yeah. when I saw you, but I was like... We're about to be on microphones, and I'm just going to compliment her. Okay, on, cool. On actual microphones, so the world knows. Love, love a good validation. Hi. For sure, yeah. I don't know if you've uh, heard of my Instagram. I'm very attention seeking. I've, I've heard of your Instagram, <laughs> and I've heard that as well. I've heard about you. I've heard if I hadn't seen anything of yours with my own eyes, I would just have no idea what to think about you because I've heard every possible different thing and i'll yeah. be like what the fuck is this i think the important thing is to keep your eye on the big picture which is like that's sort of the goal you know yeah right like, yeah yeah it, no that's you know, fucking true yeah do you know how hard it is to conjure money and fame and power out of thin fucking air i do because i've tried it and it's not fucking easy it's yeah. so hard yeah. and i'm i'm fucking killing it yeah yeah, yeah. and like i'm it's a bummer not to be understood and it's a bummer the better version of that sentence is it's a bummer to be misunderstood but yeah that's why i'm a writer and not a podcaster you corrected yourself though well i mean i catch it and edit exactly the first draft wasn't sure okay but um but it's a bummer to be misunderstood and it's definitely a bummer to be trolled or cyberbullied or canceled i mean that whole culture is so toxic um but like big picture i want fame and power and money and people talking about me is part of that yeah and that was something that was also really hard for me to accept because i think for a while i was living in sort of a fantasy 
where I associated fame and power and money with popularity. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I have those things I want, yeah, it will be because people like me. And actually, no. Like no. talking to these actresses, uh, even just in this experience of selling these film rights or screen rights, mm-hmm. film is just movies. It is, yeah. I've been confusing a lot wow. of people in meetings saying film when I just meant stuff on screen. But um, You're learning though. You're turning into uh, an L.A. person. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm really fast. Like <laughs> but um. Yeah, learn the word packaging, yep. overalls, second That's look. That's a big one. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I'm, yeah. You learn more, you're going to be ahead of me in the <laughs> So it's good. The level you're at makes me feel good. It's okay. I'm, you can call me to consult. but um. I fucking will, yeah. Yeah. I'll teach you words like I'll call you, hella. Yeah. Caroline, what does this mean? I just had a meeting. Tell me what this means. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like me and after the meetings. I'm like, what did that mean? Yeah, yeah. But um, actually, it's so funny. I usually just say that literally during the meeting. <laughs> but um, these actresses have just been through so much, so much scrutiny, yeah. especially which their like male counterparts don't receive. Yeah. Um, female fame is different than male fame in yeah. the same way that like female uh, being a working woman yeah. is different than being a man yeah. in the same professional spaces. Yeah. Uh, doing the same job as a woman is a different experience. Yeah. And having fame follows the same rules of 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 sexist gravity yeah and um the goal is not to control the narrative or change people's opinions about you or convince people or set the record straight or you know any of that the goal is to learn how to withstand a blizzard of opinions again and again and again and again and again because humans are fallible not, you know, not the humans we wish we were or the humans that you see in movies or uh, the humans we try to make celebrities out to be, but, like, real humans make mistakes and we're flawed and we'll make mistakes again. And, you know, the best version – this is so hard for me to accept, but the best version of me isn't one where I stop making mistakes. And for so long I sort of – I held that idea so close to my chest without even realizing I had picked it up and started carrying it around that that you know if I just self-improved enough I would stop fucking up Mm. entirely and no the the best version of yourself fucks up occasionally and just owns up to it when you do but you keep moving and you keep making your shit and you keep staying true to who you are and not letting it turn you cold or weary or i don't know jaded yeah and um yeah you just sort of let the noise swirl around you and you just recognize it for noise and if you're really a good person your friends will stay by you because you're nice and fun yeah yeah i mean i feel like part of the i mean it's kind of like what you said earlier which is that you it's not that you would say it's a good thing that people were in an outrage thinking you were a scammer and writing about it. It's not that that was good, but I mean, if you look at it a certain way, more people know who you are now. And especially now that the truth can come out on the other end, it's hard to even make an argument that it, that besides the emotional toll it might've taken, that it was even bad for you. Well, I mean, the, the emotional toll was so, what's so tough is that like, the pain was so intense that I'm not even sure. 
uh, if you had asked me while I was still experiencing that pain, if I would choose it for myself, it's so easy once you're no longer in pain to be like, I'd do it again. Yeah, totally. You know, but it's the difference between like after your workout when you're feeling yeah strong and accomplished and proud of yourself and it's the difference when you're doing the rep and you're just in pain and you just kind of want to stop and you want to quit and so it's it's just so easy now to look back on it and be like it was for the best yeah for sure yeah so so grateful (laughs) i was when viral is a scam it made me who i am (laughs) just like i feel that way about like my morning workout like oh yes i i would have done it again a thousand times for it made me but like when I was doing it, I was like, this is such a bitch. Like, fuck this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely true that. Am I allowed to curse on your podcast? I mean, yes. She please. asked way too late. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. No, I've been cursing. Do 30 more. minutes in. Catch up. Make up for missed time now that you didn't curse the first few. Start saying fucking shit and mm-hmm. everything else. Every other word now. But what I was going to say is it is weird because in my early 20s, I was actually really sick for like two years. And those two years were definitely the worst two years of my life thus far. Who knows what's in the cards for me later on. It might get really bad. Um, but at the once it was over, and increasingly as time moves on, I think of that as a period of my life that I wouldn't give for anything else. And I really think that. But it's weird that it, it's just true that if it, someone asked me while it was happening, if I snap my fingers and you'd be better, do, is that something you would want? I'd, I mean, that's the only thing I wanted at that time in my life, you yeah. know? But it's just weird that after the experience, your brain so quickly puts it in this different kind of framework, you yeah. know? And it's almost like you don't even remember it or something, you know? The trauma, I mean, for me, it was actually being physically ill. And I have a hard time even remembering what I, what happened at all. You know what I mean? You're just like, I think when you're deeply entrenched in something terrible, you have these blinders on and it's just a moment in front of you over and over and over and over again. So you don't have room to sort of reflect, you know, when, when did that, all that shit happen with Natalie? With Natalie or going viral as a scam? The the going viral as a scam. Sorry. Going viral as a scam. They actually both happened, I think on the 12th of the month that going viral as a scam. Well, I mean, it's going viral on Twitter. Yeah started on the 12th okay. going viral in the news started the 15th of january and then natalie's article i think dropped on the 12th okay of so, september i could be wrong with these dates i really don't so it was a separate i, thing I in- think that's i think i'm <clears throat> correct about the january ones but i i just don't know about natalie's i think it's i'm the date that's popping up in my head is september 12th I'll believe you. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to. You can fact check me later. I would. I'm not even going to look. I fucking okay. just believe you. Okay, that's cool. The, that's the story from now on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but here's the thing. What's the thing? You're not a fucking scammer. Yeah, I know. Did you know that? Uh, oh, what if I was like, <laughs> what is your PIN number? <laughs> just write it down on a piece of paper. Give it to me right now. I'm serious, though. It's it, It's fucking weird. To rem- to think about it, it seemed like it was easy to know that you weren't the whole time. Yeah, but so you know, what the fuck? I, I so think what the fuck is an appropriate feeling, and you know what's the like the most what the fuck that I feel about is it? like it's not even it's 
the thing that I think is most fucked up is that I don't even really, it does nothing for me to be angry about yeah. it. Well, you're not at all. And it's so fucking clear and obvious. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not because it's just, a, I just have like, you know, just like Bill Gates, I have 24 hours in a day and like, we just have so much time to be awake. And I definitely think there's enormous value in having the self-confidence in the validity of my own feelings to the point where I can be like, this is fucked up. Yeah. But beyond that one sentence, I, I just don't think it like really, it's just so fucked up that it just serves me not at all yeah. to like sit in that anger other yeah. than just sort of acknowledging it, seeing that it's there, uh, taking stock of it. And then, you know, just throwing, using it as fuel to throw myself into a project that I care about yeah. creatively. Yeah. I mean, like an Instagram caption, yes. you know, real yeah. art. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you said something earlier that, uh, caught my attention and it's, it was, I don't remember exactly what you said, but it, it you have such, you, you hold, you clearly harbor no ill will towards Natalie. Oh my God. I love Natalie. Are you kidding me? I want to hear about that though. <laughs> like I, I think the natural assumption, at least my natural assumption is that you would feel like she either broached some kind of like trust that you have, or there's like a breach of something or just details of your life that you, whatever the fuck I would imagine that you'd be not angry, but like that you wouldn't think that was the right thing for her to do. You know what I mean? Well, uh, I guess I should say I do feel a little bit of anger mm. and when I'm being honest, I do feel betrayed as well, but I do not feel those feelings as much as I feel that what she did was absolutely a hundred percent the smartest, most, uh, cunning. Yeah rightest thing right, right, right. she could yeah. do because you know the thing is natalie did in september what i did in 2015 which is she she accurately guessed what version of herself would bring her the most professional gain and she told the truth but lied by lying by omission mm. I mean, like, everything in that article is true, and there's not a single lie in it. But, you know, we I didn't lie in my book proposal. Right, I didn't yeah. lie on my Instagram. Like, I, I went to Cambridge. Like, I went to all those balls. Yeah. Like, I dated that polo player. Like, that, that really was my life, but I left out my addiction to prescription pills. Yeah. I left out my depression. I left out my generalized anxiety disorder. I left out anything that would lower the chances of publishers seeing me as a right. safe bet right. and cutting me a very fat check. Right. And with Natalie, I mean, times have, times have changed. The news has changed. I'm now labeled as a scammer. And, you know, she started writing that article back in February, hmm. which is when the dust, the, the news storm around that story, which, to be fair, I myself would have clipped on. Yeah. Uh, an influencer who's a scammer. For sure. Even as I was like seeing that being written about myself, I was like, oh God, I'm part of the problem. I would totally fucking read this. It's everybody's dream click. It's, it's, it's yeah. the dream click. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that phrase, dream click. It's the dream click. It's yeah. the dream click. But it truly is. And um, do you want to do some ASMR with that can I mean, opening? I just think. 
<laughs> but um, I'm still bitter about not being sponsored. So it's a sore subject. You know what? It could happen someday. Yeah. But yeah, but Natalie, the real Natalie Beach, and not the character in our essay, she is, she is not. We don't have the same charm. I definitely, I definitely think I have strengths that she doesn't have when it comes to making first impressions on people. But holy shit, do people love her. Mm. Like Natalie, she was captain of the NYU soccer team because she was she was voted into that position right. because she's so freaking popular. Yeah. Like, and she wasn't the dowdy sidekick, you know, yeah, following yeah. orders. Like, she's literally the captain giving the game plan. And, you know, I wouldn't have been best friends with someone whose ambition and cunning and drive and hunger did not match my own. I'm, I like people who are different than me, but I do not have time for people who cannot keep up with me. Mm. And Natalie could keep up with me step for step and outpace me in so many ways. And, you know, as she really did with that article, I mean, I, it was really, it really took a lot of, intellect and resilience and creativity to be able to sort of crumple that story into a ball and toss it up into the air and sort of like tennis serve it yeah. back into the world because it it would have broken a, a lesser writer influencer sure, artist yeah. than me um but you know natalie made it was the right thing to do because i that ambition and that hunger and that cunning is the very thing which drew me to her in the first place. And I really want her to get paid. She really wants to be a TV writer. And she will be. I mean... Yeah. She, her, she definitely will be now. Yeah, her <laughs> deal that she's... Which I can't say who it's with or what network, but the deal that she's got is with an amazing producer who will make sure that once she does this project with him, she'll be in any writer's room she wants. And, you know, I also was a really shitty friend to her mm. in the sense that, like, I, I, I've never met someone who struggled with addiction who didn't hurt people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I hurt her in ways that she didn't even give justice to in that essay. Like, it's really hard. It's hard to make a compelling narrative that accounts for all the millions of moments when I let her down in small ways. Just things I was late to, texts that went unanswered, just birthdays I forgot because um, I was just so wrapped up in my own pain and my own mental illness and my own addiction. And, you know, the only, the only issues that I take with her whole essay, which I think is just so brilliant, so justified, so factually correct, is that she, she did out the fact that I've struggled with suicide, which... I can sort of understand because she hasn't really been in the public eye and I don't think she really understands the consequences of introducing a fact like that to the public record or what that, um, what the, the, the safety in keeping something like that private or the burden in making it public. So I, I can sort of understand that. And I can even understand my other bone that I have to pick with it, which is in over 6,500 words, she doesn't use the word addiction once. Mm. She's very careful to make my 
behavior as an addict on amphetamines seem like my sober personality. Yeah. Which is, it's a, it sucks for me, but it's so fucking smart. I can't even hate her. It's, it's the right narrative choice because, you know, the more complex <laughs> a villain she makes me, the more conflicted she makes her readers. And as the essay stands, it's very clear who is the flawed hero, mm. uh, yeah. you know, the plucky underdog to yeah. root for, and who is the batshit crazy spoiled rich girl yeah yeah yeah. and it's i mean the parts that natalie left out are the parts when you know as my best friend i talked to her about how hard it was moving through these fancy worlds coming from such a hoarded messy house in suburban virginia and how hard it was um you know being a rich girl um on instagram she was very much part of crafting that persona and it was really smart of her to present the details of that persona without the fact that she was in on in on the jig yeah um because stories of being a rich girl are the very thing by which i use to pull myself up out of the middle class and natalie helped me um she well i really understood social media better than her so she helped me understand that in the book proposal, which we wrote 50-50, um, that people hate the rich and they love yep. the plucky underdog. Yes. And I'm really excited to actually like find a way to publish this book proposal because it's so clear that it uses the exact same narrative device that Natalie uses in her essay, which is uh-huh. my character in the book proposal is the Natalie of that world. Mm. Like I'm surrounded by like rich, yeah. beautiful swans who just like glide around me in their perfect lives. And I'm scrappy and yeah. trying to make it. And people love that dichotomy. And Natalie explained that to me. And I really agreed with her. I saw that she was right. And we made the book proposal that way. And I explained to her that social media and especially Instagram is people actually love the rich on yeah. Instagram. If you want your content to succeed, it needs to be aspirational. And I didn't make those rules, but I'm smart enough to play by them so I can win. And I explained that to Natalie, and that was very much a part of our friendship. But, you know, I, when I sold that version of myself to publishers four years ago, I was in the position that Natalie was, you know, in February when she started writing her essay about me. She needed to succeed and Mm. I needed to succeed I needed that money from publishers in my own brain I mean I I just wanted it so badly and it would just be so hypocritical of me to begrudge her making the exact same choices that I myself have made when I was in her position you know I I presented a version of myself that was not untrue in the sense that I lied about anything but was untrue in the fact that I hid all the parts of me that could make it less um, successful. Mm-hmm. Like Natalie's essay wouldn't have worked as well yeah. if if she didn't play into all these real, really real factors that she didn't choose either. How mm-hmm. we hate influencers. Yeah. How I've gone viral as a scam. How you know people hate the rich in long-form yeah. narrative, how they love the plucky underdog. She didn't choose those rules. She just played by them yeah. in a way where she would win. And I I have to make those choices all the time. And I I, I not only like don't begrudge Natalie that, that, those sort of choices are the very reason that I 
loved her once and still love her now. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking interesting. I mean, I, what I'm hearing really is, is sort of this sort of this, like very almost not extreme, but very, uh, devoted version of this idea of creative nonfiction really i mean you're sort of taking that as far as you can and and turning you yourself your voice i mean in her case writing for the cut in your case your instagram feed and i mean the the way you talk about it is like you say you're you're being honest you're just not putting in every every detail well i i'm really different about how i approach it now because you know yeah i've learned over I made those choices to present that version of myself because I was dealing with a lot of shame about all the dark stuff that I was hiding. And, you know, I'm sure that Natalie feels she's a really good person with a good heart who, like, we both want to make honest stuff. And I'm sure she feels a lot of shame for hiding. Like, her family, her house, I've been to her house in New Haven, and, like, it's nicer than mine. Like, her family is richer than mine. Mm which I I want to be so fucking cognizant of not falling into the trap of making this two white girls pointing fingers at each other, being like, no, you're more privileged. You're, right, you're more right, privileged. Right, yeah. But, like, at the same time, I think the fact that, like, Natalie's first writing job before this essay in the cut was being the book critic at O Magazine. Mm. And she got that job because her aunt is the editor-in-chief. And I think... It just, details like that are so important when the very premise of her story is that I had everything handed to me. When in fact, I was creating writing jobs for myself out of thin fucking air because no one in my family was giving them to me. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to be a writer. And, And it's deeply important that, that if people, um, that at least when we talk about the truth of that story, that all of the truth is part of the record. Right, yeah. Because um, it's easy to manipulate the truth by leaving stuff out. But um, Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that alone is kind of an interesting question because it, it, because it, it makes this idea of, I mean, it kind of goes both ways. It's like embellishing the truth like the James Frey thing it comes to mind like the whole thing a million, a million little, little pieces. pieces you know it's yeah. like people got so and it doesn't it, there's no analog to what anything that's going on with you but like people got so mad oh, about I, that I see the comparison but I didn't get mad about that because I was like it's a fucking book I want the book to be good yeah exactly the book was so good I loved a million little pieces and you know what I fucking love Natalie's essay like right. she's not a journalist right I I think I think these facts are important part of the record when we talk about her story and the place it occupies in the news mm-hmm. and when journals journalists write about who I am and who she is, these facts matter. Mm-hmm. In her essay, they, I don't think they really belong there. I think yeah. she made a brilliant piece of art and I think the truth is important when we analyze mm-hmm. her art and, you know, I mean, that's the whole premise of art history is, yeah. you know, looking at the truth of the context in which great art is made. But her essay, great art. Yeah. It's just really good. Yeah. It's so fucking readable. It's so exciting. It's so, ah, oh, it's so dramatic. It's so brilliant. And, you know, 
now with my Instagram, I really don't try. I tried making a persona and that was based on sort of um, things hiding what I felt shame about and also based on emphasizing the parts of me that I thought I could cash in on, that I rightly guessed yeah, yeah, yeah. I could cash in on. Um, but I realized that like the reason I wanted to write a book and that I'd like, you know, using my Cambridge degree to be an Instagram influencer instead of going to be an art historian or getting any normal fancy person nine to five that you can get yeah. with that diploma and with those friends that you meet in those places mm -hmm. is because I care above all else about creating stories about myself. When I was little growing up, I loved s series of books, but there are no series of books that are true. They're all fantasy. And I loved them so much, but I just really feel like my calling in life is to make a series of true books. And also I feel really called to digital content, which is a sentence that I am very aware lots of people would laugh at, but I really stand by it because it's really how I feel. Mm. And, um, and now I don't try to make a persona. In fact, my approach to Instagram is totally different in 2019 than it was um, four years ago. Um, so I stopped doing sort of that approach of trying to be someone I'm not mm -hmm. in 2016. And then I took two years off to sort of really just like grow up without the spotlight that I'd placed on myself and without the pressures of social media. And I really needed that time to just recover from Adderall. Like it really just took two years to like stop taking amphetamines every day and like and deal with the underlying depression that made me start taking so many amphetamines in the first place um and then starting back in like january over this past year my new once i came back to social media um at first i was really sort of scared to be back on it and i sort of like dipped my toe in the water by only working in stories which is how i ended up going viral mm. because I'd built this whole event over a month on stories and the event had changed from when I first announced it. Mm. And the journalist who screenshotted my, I call her a journalist, but she doesn't write for any major news. She's a Twitter verified person. Doesn't count. Yeah. Um, but she screenshotted my Instagram story and compared what I first promised with what the event was. Mm. And it was so unfortunate that I was working only in Instagram stories because all the slides where, you know, yeah, I explained how the event was right, right, changing, right. yeah, self-deleted and disappeared into right. the ether, and there was so no record of them. So it was just the first them. one, the explanation of what it was going to be, and then what it had changed to, but yeah. nothing along the nothing way. along the lines. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and you know, it's it's frustrating because like it's not like she photoshopped those screenshots; yeah. they're all my Instagram. Right, like I right. made all of that, and I did say it would be that. I totally did. And on top of that, I was planning an event by, with just me. And, like, I was disorganized. And I did order way too many mason jars. <laughs> but, like, that's not a criminal offense. Like, no, ordering the wrong number of stuff for your event. It's hard planning events, especially for your first time. But she made it a criminal thing by yeah. comparing those screenshots. Um, but now for this – after that, I sort of had to find this strength within me to withstand that. And I returned to regular posts in April – and since then, my real goal has been just being and just bringing my Instagram up to speed with the 
ever-changing nature of who I am. Um, but my one rule about things I don't post about, I try to make content that delights people um, unless, unless something really terrible happens, in which case if there's some level of pain that I feel like I need to express, I'll make an exception for that. Um, I don't talk about anything that my manager doesn't let me talk about, <clears throat> so like business, Hollywood stuff. Sure, yeah. And I don't talk about anything that I haven't, that I don't feel healed from because mm -hmm. it's really hard to expose something that you're still sort of working through up to public scrutiny yeah. when you haven't finished working through it. Right, yeah. I'm just going to cough. Do it. I've been coughing, yeah. <coughs> I hope this makes the video really exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coughing rules. And <coughs> just adding some like... I'll do it too. <coughs> okay, amazing. Okay. Uh, I... I how long have we been going, Chris? Oh. Wow, I thought it was like 40 minutes. Yeah, time flies when you're having fun. I also want to talk a little bit about... Uh, I think when I look at your... How long are your podcasts? They go from uh, from 60 to 90 minutes usually. Oh, wow. Okay. Is that long or is that short? That's really long. It's long. We do long. We go really in-depth with the really important guests and the really important Love host. that for you. Yeah. How is your sound? Really good. I was good. pretty hungry. Good, good. Um, fuck, what was I going to say? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, this is something I'm curious about, and I've never been able to ask anybody who is remotely like you. So, like, how... I guess it's a two-part question. How much of... Because when you ask someone what, how much they work, how much time they spend at their job, they can tell you, usually. You know, even as a writer, I have really weird, irregular hours, but I can be like... I worked from seven at night to 11 at night and then in the morning again, whatever the fuck. Uh, but I feel like th there's, there's this like, uh, it's, it's more fluid the way that your job is being on the, the way the you on Instagram. It's like, it, it can be all the time if you're not careful or is that how you prefer? Like, how does, how do you manage that? Or are you even, do you not even really, worry about that because it's so folded into the way that you live your life usually like is it like i'm working now i'm on instagram i need to do a post or whatever the fuck like how much of it is delineated ahead of time or specifically or is it all just kind of one thing rotating and you have a good balance for that kind of thing um well the thing is since i don't do any ads and since i love making art the way i make money is that i sell visual art i sell collages um, I just did this series of paintings with uh, this amazing LA chick. You should follow. Everyone listening should follow at Cy Swoon. Okay. Like Cy Swoon. She makes memes, brilliant memes. And she's just like. I'm going to do it too. She, oh my God. You literally should. Her memes are so funny. And she's, Cy like. Ah. ah. Yeah, got it. And then oh, Swoon her. like. Ah. And she's like. She's just so cool. She's just like a really cool LA girl. Yeah. She's so cool. Cool. Yeah. Follow. Yeah. So she's amazing. Okay. And um, we just did some paintings together. So part of my day, I'm working. In fact, like one of the most important part of my day, since it like you know pays the bills, is um, making visual art. Mm -hmm. You know, gluing stuff, cutting out paper, painting, washing my brushes, buying new paint, going to the craft store. Oh my god, trips to the craft store. Grueling. 
grueling huge actually i really love them i can't even say they're grueling okay. i look forward to them a lot it's nice to. i like going to craft stores oh i love a craft store i love a craft store so much um and so i do that for a couple hours every day and then i sell the art in my instagram stories and then i work with my personal assistant to package each one up i really just love like care packages and like little crafts and details so mm. i make a little card for everyone who buys one so wow in addition to the art itself, I have to make the cards and sign them. She helps me package them up. And then I also do, um, I've been doing so much press this month. Yeah. So I'll usually have like an interview every few days or do like a podcast. And then I'm trying to get in. Uh, I, I've actually like fallen behind on this since my dad's suicide. But I was doing 500 words a day on my book. And then I work out and I go to therapy three times a week. Damn, that's good. Yeah, I try to work out every single day because it just makes me feel so much less like I wish time would stop so that I could just... Yeah, like, you know, and therapy too, so. three times a week. That helps with that as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 it was really good. It's so expensive. I have to make a lot of art yeah, for that. Yeah, a fucking whole Oh, my God. For sure, yeah. I'm trying to think of it like a university education, though. Like, I'm getting a PhD in being me, and it will take, like, six years of just crazy tuition. Yeah. You know, when somebody asks me that, because everybody who ever has ever met me just assumes I've been in therapy for a long time, uh -huh. they're right. <laughs> but they, they ask me if they should go into therapy, and my answer is always the same, which is, fucking yes because yeah, everybody should everyone be in should be in therapy it's so it's not like you go for a thing yeah you no, go because no. you're fucked up because everybody's fucked like, up totally you are not exempt go being a uh, human so yeah. painful so go painful. yeah just yeah. fucking go yeah anyway sorry. but um so i have to do all of those things and then i'll usually like see a friend or make a new friend in the nighttime i love having people over for dinner eating salads on my floor but so all of that happens and then into that grid work of you know pilates and therapy and making art and packaging the art and making the cards and doing the interviews and the podcasts and the making of new friends or the keeping up with old friends and also just like responding to my manager's texts and my mom's texts and I don't know making new projects come to life then I also need to put up like I try to put up between three and four 18 posts a day damn and um, that's on the stories no no that's so that's grid posts whoa and then in addition to that i have a running instagram story that i need to update um and just sort of like keep going at all times so i really will just fit that into any pocket of time that i have in the day and sometimes if inspiration strikes it means just being like yeah. Like, for example, yeah. when I got to UTA for my meetings, we only had, like, 12 minutes till the first one started. And I literally had to be like, I'm almost done writing this. No one talked to me. Wow. I know I just got here. Pretend I'm not here. Keep doing what you're doing. They probably like that, though. It's like, this is why we're in business with her because she's this fucking dedicated to this shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm trying to work really hard because the thing is, I, I'm also coming off of having just taken two years really off. Yeah, yeah. From everything. You know, like I sublet my apartment and I lived really cheaply with that money and mm -hmm. I was internationally depressed, which is different than traveling, as you probably know. Traveling, you're like on vacation, but right. when you're internationally depressed, you're you're sort of looking for a place that might solve yeah. your problems. I have a question. And failing. Is, international, is being internationally depressed better than being domestically depressed? Oh, it's it's 
There are pros and cons. Okay. You know, you have your routine at home. Right. You feel a little bit more rooted. That helps with depression. And that like helps you get thing. out of depression. But then in a new place, you sort of have the hope that, like, this new place might fix it. And you, you feel a little – you feel – I think long-term being domestically depressed is the way to go. Yeah, yeah. But a short-term fix – It can jolt you out of it. It yeah. can It can at least make – make you appreciate you know the slant of sunlight through trees in a european park in yeah. a way that you would miss at home yes yes and it's nice to connect to like mindfulness and like being present when you're so far away from those skills yeah and travel traveling while depressed sort of gives you access to uh those moments of being fully present that you wouldn't otherwise have access to yeah yeah i mean i find when i'm when i because I'm such a creature of habit as it is, and when I'm extremely depressed, I'll just like I'll, so much so that I'll actually I'll, I'll fall into such like a I was gonna say groove, but it's more like a gutter, and like I'm like on a track where even at home I'm like walking along the same path, I'm like mm-hmm. laying the same exact way. Mm-hmm. It's like the it's, you get so fucking entrenched in the things that you're doing because it's familiar, you know. It's not that it's safe because that's where you think you think it's safe but it's really only familiar and that can be the worst possible thing it's a terrible note to end this on but we're both depressed people that's what we gotta do but you're not depressed now yeah well i mean you know i actually i actually just got into an interesting conversation with one of my friends who's a psychiatric phd student at she works in someone's lab at columbia pursuing some sort of doctorate degree in psychology or psychiatry, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I'm a letters person. <laughs> but she uh, pointed out something on my Instagram where I had been like, I have chronic depression. She was like, the way the DSM-5 categorizes that, it, it doesn't exist anymore. You you would say you have um, treatment-resistant depression if it's something that like you just have to manage your whole life. Or you would say that you were characterologically depressed and i was like oh god that's that's inconvenient yeah. but i'll i'll t- note taken note can't, taken can't we just say we're depressed <laughs> yeah. isn't that fine i think that's okay if i'm I, depressed and i and you tell me how to say i'm depressed it's only gonna make me more depressed yeah let's not do that yeah just depressed it's fine Simple yeah so easy. if you're depressed too you're not alone and yeah. you know you should go to therapy and you should not be discouraged if the first therapist you go to it's because here's the thing. You will be discouraged if the first therapist yes. you go to doesn't get you because it's so yes. hard after you've been holding so much in. Yeah. And then you finally open up to someone and they're just not getting it. Yeah. They're not seeing you. And you're like, I knew it. I knew, I knew it. it. And you're like, I'm yeah. wrong. Yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm bad. Like, this is all bad. You just that's just might be part of your maybe you'll be lucky like this freak of nature over Thank here. You. And, that's the and, one way I've been lucky yeah. my entire life. And but I was, the, yeah. Uh, find the right therapist on the first go but i i've literally left before i found my current therapist in new york city i actually left one therapist's office legit sobbing because (sighs) because i just gone viral as a scam i was really panicked about being liked and i felt like this therapist didn't like me as a person and i felt like we just Mm. it was so bad and it was so painful it was so painful so she just made everything even fucking worse yeah yeah it was I just mean to say that, like, no one talks about how wrong it can go in the beginning when you're finding the right one. And 
and you're not alone in your depression, but you're not alone in the struggle to find a good therapist either. Yeah. Even though a lot more people are open now about talking about depression than they are about how weird and painful and uncomfortable it is to like find a good therapist. Why aren't we talking about that more? Like that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think people just don't still, for some reason, don't want to talk about how they go to therapy. Yeah. It's pretty stigmatized. Which is annoying. Yeah. Let's, yeah. I yeah. try to always post a therapy selfie when I go. Oh, you know who you'd like so much on Instagram? Holy shit. This is like so your brand. Alec with pen. Alec with pen. I'm going to be shocked if you don't already follow this guy. I don't. Oh, my God. Alec with a C. Alec with pen. Oh, my God. He's so your brand. (laughs) Or just like the vibe I get from you. I mean, I'm already laughing. So that's. Yeah. You're going to love his humor. You're just like, tell me I didn't nail your brand with this. Oh, he does McSweeney's. Yeah. Fuck yeah. And people (laughs) I like. I already follow follow him yeah there we go there we go it's been like vetted for me yeah yeah okay all right i I feel like i sort of nailed that this this is a good note to end on you did everyone follow my friends alec and gabby at sysoon at alec with pen and absolutely fucking follow me it's very essential in my uh hunt for i'm joking i actually make great fucking content and i i i want to say one thing about you yeah what about it you I reach out to you directly on DM. I usually have my producer reach out when I'm interested in having a guest on the show, but I was just like, I fucking follow her. I'm just going to write to you. And you were so fucking cool right away, right out of the gate. And it was nice because that's not how everyone always is. So thank you. You're welcome. My username is at Caroline Calloway. It is. And everyone follow her, although you probably already do because you have like fucking Because I'm sorry, have you read the news? How, do you, do, <laughs> do you, you is read? your fucking head buried yeah. in the sand or not? If it's not, you know who Caroline Calloway is. Okay, well, thank you so much. Thank for you your so time. much for having me and all the Perrier. I wish I had I'm more. I'm going to go buy a really cool sweatshirt next door. I wish I had more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They got plenty. I'm sure they're on discount. All right. All right, cool. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Da 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 da